back. Heard you missed us. Yeah, man. That's uh, that's in there when he's like TGNY. Is that a place in New York? Is that a somewhere something New York? I don't know. I was wondering that myself. I don't, I don't know these things. There's a lot more to figure out about Van Halen. And Nerf Herder. Great track. Many-layered many beast. That's right. The voice you just heard, that's El Pagano himself, Hoggy Pagan. And over here to his left, Christopher Feifel. How you doing? Yeah. That's me. Jared Britt. Jared B. A.K.A. Yeah. Puss Puss. Do we know yet? Hey. So, man. Where, where do we, both of you guys, at any time, give me a little rundown of where we left off. You seem to have a little bit more clear memory than I do. On the last one. <laughs> last, <laughs> last week. Episode. We really just dropped it right after the, the album coming out, talked about the record. I don't think we got into that next tour that they went on to, that, or their first real world right. tour. Right, the, the, to support that album. And, yeah. All right, okay. They didn't headline much of it, but they were out with some big boys. who. You know what? Before you get to that, I was actually reading some more of... Uh, and uh, there was a little part in there where they talk about that, like before the album came out, Yeah. They the, the record company didn't want them to tour. So they just, really? looked, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like they needed a little, right. hold, wanted them in a holding pal- pattern sure. before they went in. Um, but there was like two or three small shows they had to do. And uh, it, it's just cool hearing second, like firsthand um, stories from people that were there. Um, I don't know. Uh, were you getting some of the, uh, some of the info, like YouTube and whatnot? Oh, from that book. Um, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Van Halen Rising. Van Halen. Oh, yeah. About that. That's when we talked on the last episode. Um, Who wrote that one? Oh, what's this guy's name? It's, uh, yeah, give him a shout out. Greg Renoff? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got to get that one on my Kindle. Put it up on the shelf. No, that's a good read. Um, but, um, real copy. Yeah, it was just kind of like the, the. It was interesting hearing people see the difference from when. Because right before they got signed they're just like banging out backyard parties but they said like you saw that progression of them like Local they heroes. went from there to like they're they're ninjas now like they're going into <laughs> the fucking ring the students have become the masters yes getting their chops as a matter of fact uh i've got a good clip for that uh when an interviewer somewhere in europe uh had asked alex how they got their tight stage show together and, uh... Okay, well, obviously you spent a lot of time on your stage act. Um, it's a pretty dynamic stage act. Uh, Alex, can you tell us a little bit about how that developed? Uh, by playing five hours a night, five days a week at different bars and clubs, sweating it out and um, so-called paying your dues. Yeah. We, we used to play about uh, yeah, five hours of really hard, grinding rock and roll. No slow songs at all. And it just uh, it carried on over to uh, our original music. And this is this is that this is 1979. They're on, they're just beginning the tour that we're we're going to be talking about later, they, after right. the album comes out. Yeah, their first headlining tour. Yeah. Well, one of my questions I got written down here is, are these four ready to do a headlining tour when it comes around? I think Alex just told you. He, he, I think, I think out of almost any band, these four were fucking prepared to do it because of that journeyman mentality, and yeah. um. And they, but they start out, they start out uh, playing for or opening up for Ozzy, well, and Sabbath. Sabbath. And I remember they had Dude. just had uh, Sabbath had just had that. an opener that was too 
that was too much, right? Like, and they wanted they, they wanted like a bar band from L.A. to be their opener, and they so they could just so they fucking, got Van Halen. And they remember they walked in, and all of a sudden they hear Eddie playing Eruption, and they're like, "Well, fucking now what?" And they're all mad. And then in walks into their dressing room the most handsome looking guy they'd ever seen in their life, announces himself as David Lee Roth, the singer, and just like these fucking guys. Oh, this is right. <laughs> and so by the end of the. By the end of their run with the tour, Ozzy had even said that these guys should be headlining this tour because it's ridiculous. In that in that magazine, I was just reading. He's got he's got that quote basically of these guys. We got sick of these guys just blowing us off the stage every night. Yeah. Did we blow these queens off the stage at Shea Bang last week? I think even Nugent was pissed too, right? Like when he they opened for him. <laughs> yeah, never again for yeah. the Nugent. He was like, nah. But um, there's one funny thing in that book too. Uh, because I'd always seen those pictures of Alex's drum set with a gas mask on the front. Yeah. Like the early days. And I ne- thought it looked cool. I never, I mean, there's no footage of a lot of those shows. Right. So in the book, they, and this was right before, they were already doing this before they even, this was just like another <laughs> fucking show. Right. Um, but for uh, Alex's drum solo, the the uh, road crew would come out with fire extinguishers and shoot it, <laughs> shoot it at him just to get the smoke going. So yeah, he's yeah. just going at it in this big oh old thing God. of smoke. And then when the smoke clears, he stands up and he has that gas mask on. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is the the heyday of smoke on stage. Really? This is where smoke and fog and Yeah. It's hitting it's been going for a bit and now it's just it's lasers full are going full bore and lasers and fog go together like peas and carrots. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is a nice uh uh but they that did you guys ever hear that story when they're opening for Journey and they got guacamole on? Oh, yeah. What was the singer's name? Uh, the singer from Journey. Yeah, Steve Perry. There it is. Um, they got guacamole on Steve Perry's brand new satin tour jacket. And, <laughs> and Steve says he, Steve says he out. wasn't crying. Alex said he was crying. <laughs> it remains a mystery who's telling the truth, but he might have cried because, and they weren't even aiming at him. They were just having a guacamole food yeah, fight. Guac fight. You walk into the Van Halen dressing room, you're going to assume, yeah. don't wear your brand new satin jacket. This is like the original jackasses. They're just throwing shit around. So all those, all those old Journey uh, slow jam songs are really about his satin jacket. <laughs> they really, yes. <laughs> <A> lost love. <laughs> When the lights, <laughs> <laughs> I think they got. Uh, I think they had a little friction with Journey, and then um, uh, you know, um, I don't really have anything too much to say about you, it. You, you got something? Journey had something to say. I don't think they liked that Van Halen was blowing doors on them, but they had this to say. He's a sweetie. He's he's sweet. Oh, Michael Anthony. He's a sweetie. He's he's sweet. <laughs> Because <laughs> who doesn't love Michael? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, basically said that Eddie was ornery. Sure. Dave was ornery. And Alex was ornery. <laughs> Michael was a sweetheart. They, they, Just a sweet guy. Kind of hyperactive. This is, is definitely a hyperactive <laughs> band. And um, I don't think they're ready to adult yet. No, they're children. Why would they? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, you get the original Gallagher brothers and the supreme narcissist leading the show. Yeah, you know, this, uh, this is around the time when they learn how to trash hotel rooms, you know, playing with uh, Black Sabbath. and They learn from Journey the and, and Exactly. Everybody's been real seasoned in what you can do at the fucking, uh, I forget, what is it, the Hyatt Grand or something like the that. The Riot that, House. <laughs> that eventually wouldn't have them back. 
There's until, a few places wouldn't have them back. Yeah. It, it Chris, took, there's a place in Leavenworth won't have us back. It's very true. <laughs> so they crossed paths with uh, Montrose at this point, right? Yeah, uh, that was the Sabbath tour, right? Montrose I think you said Journey. Oh, Journey, yes. Yeah, which is kind of fortuitous. If you had a crystal ball back then, who knew? Yeah, sure. But I think Ted, yeah, because Ted Templeman was making their records too. Yeah. A little, his fingers in some pies. Yeah, and I think yeah, Ted is just... um champing at the bit to get Van Halen back into the studio for their second Everybody album. at Warner Brothers is... They want this. Yes. They, this band, after... It's a hell of a start. It could be made into a monster if we all pull together as a team. Well, it was interesting Wrong band. listening to the uh, the people at Warner not knowing how to market that first album because they really didn't know a lot about the band. Yeah. And uh, the first album that... that didn't have that original cover. It was just the four of them, and the Van Halen logo looked like something off an 80s Trapper Keeper. Or <laughs> <laughs> Ironically were... enough, would end up on an 80s Trapper oh, Keeper. Many. <laughs> and, All uh, of mine, anyway. Yeah, you had to. Yeah, they didn't like it. They pulled it, and then they got the original. I think they shot it at one of those clubs down on Sunset. Yeah, they get um, the big sweaty shots. And yeah. But it was just interesting to see like how that it, how it was received and because when was it seventy nine like it's like in cla uh, what the Clash you got Sex Pistols yeah punk new wave so it's like they didn't know how to market it market it them when that was of more of the what was popular at the time right. what they did with the with the imagery on the cover of Van Halen too <laughs> is also a strong move to just set a brand. Um, instead of having live shots uh, on the cover or anything that's somewhat uh, abstract. Yeah. It's like, boom, this is a strong logo. logo. But on the back, he is doing those flying splits and those striped, where's Waldo pants? <laughs> you got you to gotta have the, they're too good live not to, you know, sprinkle in that live footage. Exactly. Those great stage shots. I mean, you seriously, you look at any fucking photograph of them playing and you you want to go to that show it comes through eddie uh because as soon as that tour was done basically they got through with that tour and the management was like you guys are tight you're all broken in why don't you hit the studio <laughs> and bang out another record real quick yeah this is within a year of their first album coming yeah, out that's how it went they're back in the studio boys and uh eddie had this to say about it Day after our last gig, we jumped in right away because we figured we might as well get it out of the way. You know, you know we, we were obviously a lot tighter mm -hmm. than if we took a couple weeks off and partied it up every weekend, right. you know. So Ted suggested it, and he said, yeah, that's what we're going to ask you if we could do it right away. Mm -hmm. As opposed to waiting because we're much tighter. We just played 10 months, you know. <laughs> Even if you're half asleep, there's something there. You're just tight without knowing it. And, uh, so we went in on that Monday. Um, so when was this then? Yeah, about three weeks ago. Oh, that's it. Two weeks ago. And we went in Monday, rehearsed. Tuesday we rehearsed. What? Wednesday and Thursday we recorded. I guess about four or five songs. And then we took off because we had to write some new, some more songs. So you, you didn't know, have all the material written then? No, not at all, actually. <laughs> That's the schedule. That's crazy. So yeah. What I got picked out for what they did have written already was uh, somebody get me a doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've heard that. And uh, and they got beautiful girls. But at the time, 
even before their first album, they were fucking with the song. It's called Bring On The Girls. <laughs> right. Good choice to uh, change that up. That's good. That's a good switch. That's a Ted <laughs> Bring move. On the girl. Yeah. That's, that's got Ted written all over it. <laughs> Bring on the girls would be a Ted Nugent song. He, uh, that same uh, uh, interviewer that asked Alex about where they got all the chops from had this to ask Subban too. Kala in on in on stage. This is your first trip to say Europe uh, and England. Uh, what has the reaction been like towards you? Ah! <laughs> you scared the birds away. <laughs> They're all sitting in a park at this point. Yeah, I've having seen a good this. time. Yeah, I've seen They're that. Having a great time. Dave doesn't look like he's having a great time actually in that one. No, he's got better things to do. A little sour. But they, uh, they there's uh, right around this time. You know the, that not a lot of footage of them opening up, but there's footage of their first show. When they headline, yeah, after the release of this album in Fresno, I got some of that for later. Yeah, nice. It's, it's good. Kind of, it's real good. <laughs> so I mean, he's right. Eddie's right. You get. Let's just get us back into the studio. We're fucking not going to be tighter than we are right now. Right. You get the same crew. The whole gang's back together. You got Ted and yeah, everybody is on board. We yeah. just we're gonna make lightning strike twice. They kind of do. Yeah. And they started off just like the other album. With a cover. Because why not start it off with a song that's already a hit? Yeah. This is Ted Ted thinking. This is Ted talk. <laughs> a lot of cogs in the machine, boys. Yes. I'm just telling you what's going to work, what's not going to work. <laughs> I think we all know you're no good. The guitar weakness has got to be... start the first album but instead of hitting you with running with the devil yeah they made weird noises and but the bump 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 right. they slow it down a little bit more in this the beats per minute on this song is kind of dragging but it's still right it still moves it along and i'm pretty sure this was a single i think it was this one and beautiful girls were the singles and this was originally a Linda Ronstadt song. Yes, sweet, sweet Linda Ronstadt. She was awesome. Yeah. Um, and you know, had the, obviously the better version, but this is pretty good. It's not no good. No, this is good, and um, they do covers really well. Ted, uh, Ted had a point, and um, and it worked for marketing the band. But just talent-wise, David's fucking screeches that. Line up with Eddie's screeches are so good in this song. They got it figured out. And then you got those background vocals, man. That we love so much. Voices of Angels. Courtesy of the sweetheart himself. We should have him on. We should get Michael in. I think we could get him, maybe. We might be able to. This album did end up going five times platinum. 
It's so close to six times that you might as well just give it to him. But it sold. It did good. I don't remember what the first one did. I think they were just still on the... I think this one did better than the first one even. They were that... Everyone was that happy to see them. Yeah. And I think because of that momentum, they could open up this album with a, a little bit slower tempo song. It's still heavy, but they're almost like a good comedian who's ready to just walk on stage and orchestrate the whole thing. They're totally in control of their fucking art right now. They're like, eh, 75% female audience is not high enough. Let's, uh, let's really bring out the ladies. Bring the ladies and the guys will show up. He's just letting those streams go now. Is that a guy? There's one here. There's one here. <laughs> you want to scream? I'll make a stream scream right now. <laughs> That's right. There's no sa- didn't have to sample. He had to do that shit. Now, you think they recorded the whole album in those couple days or those five? Couple no, weeks. no, a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, they did like two weeks, basically. You described the first week where they did the first half and the second week they did the second half, which is That's amazing. That's yeah. a work ethic, boy. Which they've shown nothing but since the minute they uh, got put together. It feels a lot like the first album the vibe of it like the yeah all the songs i think that's the whole that was the main criticism of anyone that criticized this this, criticized this album was that it was a carbon copy of the first yeah and again i think a pretty good move on their part because they weren't really ready to explore too much further out they they have a sound yeah, if you put out a record within a year of your last record, it gets to sound like the last record. For sure. <laughs> you didn't take time off to rethink your sound. Yeah, and, and this is, uh, as a second album, this is a really fucking great second album. Yep. And it's one of those that doesn't take a huge departure mm. from what got them there. Right. Maybe gave them a few liberties they might not have had on the first one, but the sound is the sound remains the same. Yeah. Um, they did figure out the fucking pop game pretty well on this next track dance the night away which is just put it up there with the Bee Gees or something that shit's a pop oh cowbell come on I think that's a drinking room <laughs> I'll drink that Are you kidding me? He's in prime form right now. <laughs> That's right. He's in fighting shape for certain. Yeah. This song ended up in some space movie. I can't remember. Somebody was working out in space. Pluto Nash. <laughs> somebody was some. Somebody was jogging on a spaceship listening to this song, and I don't know what movie that's from. But, Good you know, jogging song. You can jog sure. in space. Why not? Yeah. You can. Yeah. You can. It's very easy. You could you could do like the real hack move is to you know take your Bowie record up there and jog to that. But that's <laughs> that's not even using your imagination. I think Chris Hatfield, the, the astronaut, the Canadian astronaut, did uh, um, played Bowie songs acoustically when yes. he was on the space station. Yes, he did. <laughs> fucking a, Herb. That guy's cool. <laughs> I like that dude. I mean, fucking rocking the mustache and just 
unironically. Who was the guy that got dressed, who the snuck the gorilla costume up into the space station and was scaring the shit out of everybody? What? I just saw that this week. The guy what? Was, yes. There's footage of this guy. He snuck a, a gorilla costume up into the <laughs> space station, and he gets into this box, literally like a jackass stunt, in his gorilla suit. Oh, no shit. And he starts, ch- and they're flying like Superman through the thing, because there's no gravity. Like, right. The one guy takes off, he's Wah, right after him in the gorilla suit. It's the funniest <laughs> shit. He doesn't. I don't, he probably thought was the little green men come to get him or right, something. Yes. I don't know why you Fucking, think a gorilla got I mean, on this. You definitely don't expect it. Yeah, thanks Ridley for that one. Now you gotta <laughs> shed every time you see it. It's just a perfect orb of shit floating. <laughs> just rubber <Orbis> diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Uh, gross. Uh, so that's what we think about Dance the Night Away. No, it's a it's it's a Van Halen song that your mom could like. Yeah, really. They're appealing. These are a, it's an appealing band, and I don't think I'm the first one to realize that. <laughs> it is a strong move. I think I can't think of anything on the first album that sounds like this. No, I mean they had some smoother tracks, I guess, but this is this is smooth as silk right here. Yeah, and it's a this whole album's a little bit brighter, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like they they just. You got happier. They they're really excited with where their career is at. They love the sounds that they're getting out of it. I can only imagine after every session for the recording of this album, they were like, "Yeah, yeah more of that." Fucking did it again. Right. That was a good take. But just to be able to throw like that kind of drum riff that Alex is doing on that last song—that's more like a conga or something, yeah. right? You know, but still keeping it like like a rock. Kind of steady vibe, and yeah. You can dance to it with your fucking with your girlfriend, I mean, right? That's yeah. what they knew how to do from their high school dance days. Exactly. Right. Get the crowd moving. It's all, it's all in there. Let's see if I have anything to add to that. Well, these guys, uh, they recorded it in Hollywood, at fucking uh, you know Sunset Sound Studios in right. Hollywood, California big bright sunshiny days people walking around in booty shorts and skateboards <laughs> <laughs> i think even in the in the, in the first show for this headlining tour um dave talks about how the weather's getting nice and it's time to clean up your van and get out <laughs> down by the beach <laughs> he wasn't afraid of waxing poetic between songs no, he had a good rap going. And I think he's starting to stretch his legs with this album, too, with uh, his influence in the band. You know, it's kind of like... Song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, his his stylings are starting to come in a little bit more. A little bit louder. He's leaning into it. Uh, shall we play Somebody Get Me a Doctor? Do it. All right. <laughs> Big intro, boys. Such a nice riff. You better call me a doctor. Be this out. 
Is that free bridge? Yeah. Yeah. Like a little free bridge? A little preverse rule there. Yeah. It was one we figured they had from back in the day. Yeah. This is an older tune. That's yeah. why I kicked so much ass because they were just the young punks. It does. With that big intro, uh, fucking sawing guitar rift and Dave just coming yeah, way the over bus. the top. You're doing Waiting for the Bus by ZZ Top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ZZ Top in some of these. This, I mean, riffs, that's man. a ZZ Top riff on my life. Not that one. There's another song that feels very uh, ZZ-esque. Um, yeah, this one's a banger. Throwing them stops in. Shall we? I always love it when Alex does the quick foot. Have you noticed? Uh, you play drums, Chris. Have you ever? What's your take on uh, Alex's approach to the second album? Does it feel noticeably different, or does it? it yeah, it feels um, okay, uh, more lighthearted. Hmm. Like his, you know, those skips there. This is it, it's kind of a nice bass drum move. You know, boom, ba boom, ba boom. You know, you see it in a in a bunch of songs. Um, Alex on this album is is almost flirting with swinging some of the drum mm -hmm. beats, yeah, where he oh, wasn't yeah. doing that at all really on the first album. Totally, they got swings. They, what do you feel about his drum tone? Because I know some drummers that just <laughs> or not his tone per se, but how his drums sound on record. That cowbell sounded great. <laughs> Some of the other drums, mostly the toms and the snare and the bass drum, are a little cardboard boxy. They're yeah, they're kind of weird. And maybe we'd, I just love them for sentimentality. Like that's just the way it sounds. But I had drummers bring up to me like, Ugh. who love Alex Van Halen, but yeah, sure. Like, oh, those sounds. Yeah, no bueno. That's he's probably the biggest difference from hearing them live. And hearing them on album, where you know Dave sound sounded great for a long time, um, Sammy still sounds pretty great. Mm -hmm. Eddie currently can still play the guitar better than anybody. <laughs> God rest his soul. Um, but his sound, he he sounded like him louder yeah. live. You know, they all evolved their sound too over the years. Sure, Alex started playing those electric drums for a while. And yeah, they they weren't Eddie's afraid. tone changed over time. No, nah, they weren't afraid to to bring a little technology in, but you know, without getting into crazy loops or anything like that. But but to sum up Alex Van Halen's drum sound live, you get the room and you get a lot of that warm reverb. You get a ton of attack. It's mostly like dead attack, and I maybe um, maybe their songs or his style didn't allow for like a Bonham style of recording where we're getting the whole room. You don't hear any room really in Alex Van Halen's uh, drum sound on this album. The toms to me just seem to be the biggest offenders. Like when he does some of those tom rolls, you're like, yeah, yeah. And I really don't accept when by the time you get to Fair Warning. I think the toms sound. I think his drums sound amazing on that record. I can't. That's what drum nerds will point out, or the oh, that's that's like my his... personal feeling. I don't know what. Oh, I don't know what. You, why would you hear? On the street? <laughs> I hear nothing, man. I, yeah. um, I saw this one thing where it was a clip of Alex playing, or the clip said, uh, "Watch Alex's hands," and the camera was kind of cropped in on him while he was. Uh -huh. It was like a David Lee Roth kind of 
vamp thing going. So he's just doing like a mellow uh, hi hat thing to uh-huh. keep it going while he while he vamps. And the hi hat he was going like 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 that that steady like going. But if you watch, he's doing that with both hands on the hi hat. But then he has to wipe his forehead with one hand, so he keeps the same beat with the the one. He just doubles up on the. Yeah, man, and then just goes right back into it. So smooth. That's the thousand, ten thousand hours right there for Reverend, sure. Mastery. Reverend Al, dude. Got that <laughs> shit well, I, so as as a band, these guys have crazy endurance for live show, for touring, and for career. They have youth. Yeah, they got they get just tapped into the fountain of youth. But uh, Alex Van Halen has got real good drum technique. He's got a really good artistic approach to it too he'll he'll drop into like with that song um a straight like boom ka boom ka boom and you think he's going to repeat it but then that goes into some drum fill that then turns into now he's doing a little bit different beat he's double timed it and he's starting to throw skips in there he doesn't really stay with one thing over and over and over again throughout a song he's usually the second third time he comes back around to it he's throwing a little uh, augmentations and a little. He's a Keith Moon fan, and I think we come to realize the Van Halen brothers like to show off a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and I think why not? I think it goes with him and Eddie playing together forever because yeah. Eddie's doing that constantly. It's the same kind of music approach to writing your part. Eddie's doing. Eddie's crossing fucking <laughs> hemispheres in the brain constantly. Here's some riffs. Here's some fucking solos, and everywhere in between. Habitual line crosser, line stepper. It, it's funny in that uh, another thing in that book that I brought up during the <clears throat> Van Halen one recording session sessions, how just because they're brothers, Eddie would be like, you know, hey, your timing's off. Like, hey, you're that part's wrong. Just back and forth on yeah, just, just brother type of stuff. It's bluntness. Um, yeah. yeah. Forgot where I was going with that. Well, you had fist fights. Yeah, the fist fights. Because <laughs> <laughs> that came up last time. I remember yeah. I listened a little bit today. Um, and of course, if you're listening to this now, our second fucking episode, third, third, third episode <laughs> of Fair Warning. <laughs> Jesus Christ, is it going that quickly? It's going so <laughs> you're right. Eh, what do I know? That's what it was. It was uh, they were talking about how in the studio, and this was their first time in the in a, when they were doing their first album. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex would always have really um, good takes on what to do on the recording. Like they were, they kept encouraging him to like, dude, just. Keep keep saying that shit. Like, right. Just speak up more. You're, you're yeah, you good have ideas. good ideas. Wow, drummer having good ideas. It does happen. <laughs> it does. It does happen from time to time. I think. <laughs> I think that's something that a lot of uh, you know drum nerds and and whatnot enjoy about Alex is uh, um, the way the songs are structured. You know, there's some there's a drummer influence in there. You know, there's not a lot of just let me shine over this part with guitar or just could you just bash for a little while? You know, that <laughs> kind got, of stuff. He's got a say in things. You, you, you feel it. Yeah. Well, the next song on the record, Bottoms Up. I feel like this is an old one, too. I feel like it's one of the early days. Like, yeah, right? Or at least it feels like one. It's like something they would have wrote back then. I, I always wondered if, if everybody was on board with the come on, mom, 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 Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of outro, or, or if this was like Dave being like, 
this is going to sound tight. I mean, it sounds good and it's catchy yeah. as hell. Must have liked it. They let them crack up in the middle of it and feel, they kept it in there. Yeah, and I feel like it's kind of the gateway. But this is, they're all just loving life at this point. It's so a very this, happy song. It's a happy drinking song. It's a happy drinking song. This is. They, we wouldn't get to those sad drinking songs till later. No. Fair warning. But they're, they're, they're mugging. This yes. is a mugging band. There's they love the camera. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Let me get the volume back up. Was easy to oh. I think the Philly does come in on the drums is a straight Frank Beard. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's so> <laughs> yeah. That modulation. <laughs> that one was like a dog whistle. That one hit. That was Mariah Carey level of uh, treble on that one. That was good. He's singing like that too. I, I know it, this is a studio recording, but you start listening to the isolated tracks, and they're mm. all just clean as fuck sure um but they're moving around on stage doing this shit too this is it's cardio and cardio endurance is crazy back bends and shit like that and then hitting that tuvin throat singing two tones <laughs> at the same time screech yeah if you were a fan of the first album there's nothing really here that's gonna bum you out i don't think oh wait a minute I like this nice breakdown right here. Do another song. Come on, my Nobody gets tired of the big ending. <laughs> That's a ripper. Yeah. Once again, displaying why he's the master of the whammy bar so effortlessly. Yeah, there's no clams. There's zero clams. Not like, uh, you know, Jimmy Page, where you're going to pick out like, eh, a little bit here and there. It's just super clean every time. Yeah. And whammy bars has always felt like way too sensitive for me like all you gotta do is breathe on them and they'll just they'll go yeah i've 
never had the, the soft touch that is needed. How are you going to rock out and have a soft touch? That's the beauty of Van Halen right there. Touch. They have the touch. <laughs> they got the touch. And I love it when he gets those uh, uh, backup uh, rhythm guitar parts going. Gang, solo. Gang, 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 gang. Yeah. I feel like he's doing it more on this album than the last one. Huh? Yeah. It was more of that live feel on the first one. Just to embellish a little more. Yeah, they had like an extra 36 hours on this record, <laughs> so he squeezed in a couple overdubs. Oh, fifth track is Out of Love Again. Again being the key word. The last song on this side. Start out with a little shenanigans. Oh boy, the Frankenstein shit. At this point, you're just ready for them to go anywhere. I don't, I don't know what they're bringing. Still nice, dude. Stuck a theremin up Dave's butt. Everything but the pitch sync on this song. Yeah. If yeah, if some is good, way more is better. Yeah. Once again, just cranking on that whammy bar like it's an appendage. He knows that whammy bar like the back of his dick. Yeah. You think uh, he knows when it's starting to go, like the uh, strings going out of tune or whatnot. So he's bending it that extra little bit or keeping that little bit of tension on the whammy. I think like it's, once you start it. it, the whole thing's tactile. Jimi Hendrix was the master of that because they didn't have Floyd Rose back then. He would do his best. He couldn't always win that battle, but you develop a style that makes you have to combat that. But yeah, it feels like you got to probably maintain it. Once you start, you got to maintain it until you have a chance to tune again. Yeah, yeah. But he was deve- he had that Floyd Rose, uh, uh, that whole design figured out by, was it by this time? Was it? I don't know. That was sure. a good point. Oh, Jimmy or Eddie? Uh, Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. You know, he was the first. He was the first guy. So whenever it was. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Michael is just doing some. You don't want to hear mouth. that talk. What's that? Wasn't that, was Ca- that his nickname? Oh, yeah. Bullet, bullet, oh, no, cannon mouth. Oh, Dave? They said Mikey's Dave. vocals were oh. so <laughs> loud, so can. hard that they'd have to put him a little bit behind them. When they're cutting the, yeah. well, I believe it, he cuts through. Oh, cannon mouth, that's a good one. Don't quote me. I knew a girl. <laughs> Don't get mad at me, Top Jimmy 84. (laughs) (laughs) Top Jimmy 84 just flaming us again. Is he he back on the chat room? I thought we had him banned from the the forums. Tried to get him shadow banned. That is is the first half that you got when you listen to this record. 
but yeah, he was making his own guitars and already, I think he was already putting that shit on there with the locking uh, Floyd Rose I think so. action going on. Right. That's why he had that quarter on there was to keep it from going all the, all way, the way back. Yeah. I don't think you can play Eruption without Floyd Rose. There, there I said it. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot take on fair warning. I just don't think it's possible. Um, oh, man. Okay. I love this song, Light Up the Sky. This is, like, if you thought the last one was a stone-cold jam of a riff, this whole song is uh, something else. Something else else they hadn't done yet. Well, I got a question. Before before we roll that for the first one for the second side, which I also just heard that you got this on fucking disc for Christmas. Vinyl. Oh, yeah. My my brother got me the VH2 on vinyl. That and Fair Warning. Did you get a chance to listen to it yet? Just got home last night, so it'll be in rotation soon. (laughs) That's a a nice, like, kind of Christmas present where you you get to open it, but then you get to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Out of You're No Good, Dance the Night Away, Somebody Give Me Doctor, Bottoms Up, and Out of Love Again. (laughs) Any of those about Jamie? (laughs) Oh, don't get me started on that, dude. Do you think the Chronicles of Jamie is she is she on this album? Continuation thing. I don't know if you want to get into it now or after. I'm going to tease it. It can come in at any time, like a revelation. Because I feel like the last time we were talking, we had a conversation about Jamie's crying song that all the Van Halen albums are about her. That's (laughs) I'm just going with it now. Fan theory, and we we can go back and and talk about VH1 because I've been my mind's I'm spiraling. <laughs> rabbit hole esque uh, Jamie path Rabbit about Hole this, but we could talk about it after. Okay. okay. All right. Well then I'll just get in to light up the sky. Oh, and I'll turn up the volume. It's a great way to start a second side. You just flip the disc and oh, I got oh shit. up the verse with the backup vocals yes finish it off yep awesome so sick yeah we're not gonna go to a chorus hit you another verse you're not ready for the chorus no <laughs> you're not ready to get that chorus you little cuck beg for it beg for it <laughs> solid it's just i think this song just shows me that fair warning was on its way a couple of albums later this is the dark and yeah, dirty for sure van halen that i really love this is them uh kind of giving a call back to their first album mm-hmm. and showing you what uh, there's plenty more where that came from but then it kind of goes into this little yeah the bridge that they play the bridge before yeah. they get to the chorus Dave's like, let's get a little dancing in before we rip <laughs> yeah. the I can see him. Off. I can see him doing it too. 
want some dance to that Michael! Yeah. Taking it for a walk. on the vocal verse reverb is the first time that anybody in Alice in Chains heard that shit and we're like we're, we're doing that light them up that one goes on any Van Halen playlist you want to put together no doubt even if you're not doing songs from this album <laughs> that just belongs not a single, just one of them great deep cuts that. Yeah. That, brave. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, like these old cuts like this one, it was cool. Um, when they were touring with, uh, when Wolfgang was playing bass, like he had a big say in the set list and he was mm -hmm. pulling out. He liked the, the old cut, shit. Yeah, deep cuts. Yeah. That was, yeah, they played it when I saw him. The at the, at the Yeah. I almost. I almost had to shed a tear. I did not because I'm a man. <laughs> they did a couple. But, uh, <laughs> they did a couple from VH2, didn't they? Yeah. Bottoms up. Dance the night away. You and Steve sure, Perry yeah. just shed the tear. Oh over man, I'm not crying over spilt guacamole, man. <laughs> but uh, it was a good thing to see. No more satin tears. <laughs> I mean, where do you think that stain was? You think it was right on, right oh, on the front, right where you could see it? Like he could play it off. It was like on his elbow or something. If it wasn't like. To the audience side, or yeah, so he play the piano sometimes. Plus, it's probably gonna stink, right? Even if Guacamole, you get because because yeah. with suede, you got if to remove a stain, you have to put some liquid on there, and yeah. suede does not like that satin. Oh, it was satin, satin. Yeah, you it's know. just a bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think it had an embroidered dragon on it somewhere? Oh no! You know it had that little stupid spaceship on it. Hole of the beetle. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, right, the scarab. Right, <laughs> right, the, the scarab. scarab. Okay, I can see his point. Yeah, and then they put a little Spanish fly in his drink too. This is a crazy one too. sound that you get on those uh, cat gut 
Yeah. Nylon string. Nylon. Yeah. And it's like if you were listening to like Gabriella or Rodrigo and Gabriella, then they just mm. they get that. It's so percussive. And I'm not inside Eddie's mind, and I don't know what he was thinking when he wanted to put this on the record, but I just know that several of like my dad's friends would like wander through a room and I'd be watching a Van Halen live video or something. They'd be like, oh, he's got delay on. He can't, the devil tap and stuff. He's, he's using delays and he's not, oh, not yeah. trying not to real. analyze the yeah. technique. And I'm like, no, man, that's, that's his fingers. I'm like, yeah, whatever, kid. And I think maybe he'd heard a bit of that over the last year from putting out Eruption. He's like, oh, yeah. Watch me do it on a fucking classical. Yeah, I think you're right. Self. I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a strong take. I have another theory. What if it? What do you think? Do you think he was just trying to show a young Randy Rhodes like, yeah, I know you play. Cla- <laughs> I know you could play classical and quiet right, uh, yeah, yeah. right now, but um, oh, I could do that shit too, this. yo. Yeah, that's but true because a, they got really similar sounding uh, solo bits on on the like Blizzard of Oz. He's got. It was a little. little yeah. No, he was. Yeah. Um, but there's a part on that where it, I, was it in the beginning? Um, it sounds like two guitars are playing, but he's doing like, he's, yeah, running a bass note with his thumb and yeah, and then plucking it out the, with the rest, yeah, which is classical That's flamenco nuts, move, man. Some Andre Segovia shit, right there. <laughs> okay, I want two more names. No, but Robert Rodriguez. He <laughs> could probably he could probably do yeah, it. Work. And uh, your mama. She was she was good. Yeah. Can got I her pre- hand caught in a combine. Oh, listen, ruined her classic listen. guitar playing. Then, <laughs> so eruption that was like that was that was on the album because they overheard him playing it that that wasn't supposed to be on there. Yeah, it was a warm up that he would kind of do shows too. It was kind of a part of the live show. But and uh, wasn't this something along those lines where they heard him playing just probably an acoustic? Like what eh, are you doing? It sounds like, fishy, dude. Get in here. <laughs> I feel like it probably happened, but he knew. They, like Ted was about to walk out of a meeting, totally. and so he like quick he sat down was, with his acoustic. Uh, was, oh, I was just I'm fooling just, around. Ninety eight, ninety nine. <laughs> I was retired from Dude, doing so many, so many, so many wickety wicks. Um, and is is it coincidence that Eruption is the second song on the first side of the first album, and oh, this is the second song now. on the oh. second side of the second album? Teach these devils. They're in dialogue <laughs> together. That's two, 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 which is a derivative of. It's even. Your so mama. She's <laughs> got a van horoscope. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be some sort of title for our for our uh, our theories here, because you got the Jamie's in uh, the, the Jamie thread theory genre of Van Halen. Yeah, movies. that was another insight. <laughs> it's something inside is being kind. <laughs> Let me let's be kind and play another song. Getting in more of an Aerosmith group right here. Man. 
He's James Brown now. You hear what I said? <laughs> They're getting a lot of comparisons to Aerosmith with this album and with some of their stage presence. Sure. And uh, it calls out for uh, Vanilla Fudge. They're getting a, you know, we've already called the... the <laughs> Woo! Third episode, you're dropping Vanilla Fudge into the mix. It's only because you know I read, read it. <laughs> like Blue Cheer. But, you know, Guys with like ZZ that. Top 2, you can kind of see yeah. uh, contemporaries, yeah. you know. Um, but they uh, never paled uh, in any of those comparisons. They could take it. So alone and on the highway way before Bon Jovi was. Yeah, right? They called it. I like when he starts out a solo like he's choking the shit out of it. Yeah. Like smacking him. <laughs> ow, 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 ow. It's almost a cackle, too, yeah, sometimes. Like, ouch, ouch, ouch. Fuck, shit, ouch, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Using that thing, you've seen that guitar. It's taking some punches. That's pretty crazy to think about too, though. How much hammering you did on that thing? It still kept working. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Maple's a hell of a wood. <laughs> <laughs> but this was the debut of the Bumblebee one, because it's right. only because it's on the album. This but is he's still black and yellow. But that's the one uh, buried with uh, diamond. Yeah, dime bag. Dime bag. Used to be diamond. He used to put in, he, yeah, he used to be Diamond Daryl before he was Dimebag Daryl. He had a he had a while there when he was Diamond Daryl, so, you know. He <laughs> the knew earlier was, days? He knew what was up. Back when they had the big hair. Pantera had big hair and spandex for a minute. Now, Eddie didn't record, he didn't use that Bumblebee to record this album, but he he, uh, he got it for basically playing for the this tour. Yeah. Yeah. He could do that now because he's a big rock star. Yeah. This is when he started. Well, they got money, and then this is when he started leaving his good amps at home too. He, there was another clip I didn't put in there where he's like, "Yeah, well, it's nice. We get to take these brand new amps out on the road, and you know, because I take the old ones out, and they go missing, and they break, whatever. Then they and they sound like nothing else. So I got to keep them at home and safe. It's like <laughs> I can afford to take actual new gear on the road. It's like ah, options opening up." And you can see he's precious about his recorded sound. Like he knows what he wants. Yeah, he's like that one's not leaving here. Nobody, yeah. no roadies. Don't even look at it. Don't even look at fucking, it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the sustain. I don't know what happened, Eddie. It, it, I lost grip and it rolled off the truck, man. And now it doesn't sound good. My bad. That's <laughs> it's when he, yeah, they find him in the river. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking have him killed. <laughs> Fuck. I don't shoot him. That's my fucking guitar, man. D O A. All right, so these guys, these guys are getting ready for some touring. They're gonna do a headline off of this album. They're gonna have a whole bunch of people opening up for them throughout. Yeah, and not legs of this tour. Yeah, and they're going right. I mean, the schedule. I don't know how much time they had off between recording this album and just jumping right back out, like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what March twenty fifth? That's when the tour kicked off. Tour kicks off. Album comes out right then. Yeah. And so 
nobody who's going to see them for their first few shows probably has even heard anything new, hasn't even heard this album, and they're doing it off of the strength of their second album is yeah. coming out. It's probably going to be good, but that first album was killer, and Warner Brothers is like fucking ship them. Right. And they, yeah, they had toured right up to the like the holiday break the year before. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the turnaround is something else. They're going throughout the United States, then they jump over to Europe, then they come back over to the United States, then they jump over to Japan. Who's Pan? Japan. <laughs> it's not my Pan. It's Japan. Peter's Pan. And then they come back to the United States. Right. And that's in like six, six and a half months. It's a slog. Women in Love. More great backup vocals on this one. Back. Uh, this is a cigarette song for Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> this one on the headstock. Take much. That just the way. That's not my favorite on the album. I'll say that. But uh, I love that intro, though. Yeah. The, the uh, he would get to do like cooler version of that on the next album, though. I feel. Like, Which one? Uh, Women and Children first. Song wise. Uh, like yours in a simple rhyme. Uh, it's like a twelve string or some shit in there. He gets all kinds of. They probably have more time to record that album too. Like you know? Two and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think he got to take their foot off the gas as far as studio time until he built 1984 or uh, 5150. Yeah, um, I think that was part of that was probably one of the reasons. You know, maybe it's also part of the spice that makes these first bunch of albums really good. Because they're just in the room banging it out. Go while the magic is still working. Yeah, it's like a prize fighter. Just, it's, it's like Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking. I train alone. <laughs> I fight alone. <laughs> yeah. Killing it. <laughs> but this, uh, yeah, this record put the fear in a couple of the older generation of rockers. <laughs> As we'd already stated from. I mean, that's why this next tour after this album would be their headlining tour. They, it only took one one year of them opening up for everybody to realize the yeah. world to realize, and all the gatekeepers and money makers to realize these were this is a headlining act. First album tour is them supporting heavy bands. Uh -huh. Second album, then they drops and they go on their own their first headlining tour. They did two nights in Seattle on this tour. What? Back to back nights. They sold out two nights in Seattle for their the, the world vacation tour. Did you hear what happened on April 13th, hosted by KZOK in Seattle? No, I heard a story about Ohio, but please. Well, KZOK. KZOK is hosting a band signing at, uh, what is it? A, a music signing? Market. 
record store. All yeah. Right. Yeah, bands. No, everybody gets assigned a band. <laughs> yeah. They were the first ones to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, um, it's going pretty well, but Dave doesn't show up because mm. Dave is stuck in the hotel room as sick as a dog. Uh, and I maybe think, oh, there's some shenanigans or he's boppity bopping. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it turns out they're playing Spokane that night. And this is pretty early on in their tour now. Uh-huh. Um, Spokane, okay. yeah, it got fucked. There was no, there's no Spokane show. The smoke, there's no, <laughs> no smoke because, <laughs> because uh, he started playing the show and then fucking passed out on stage. Show's over. Dave really did have a stomach virus. He was fucked up. No way. <laughs> Exhaustion. Yeah. Parentheses. And uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever ca- caused it or whatnot. But um, <laughs> I do like that. He's like, I'm not going to the opening to because I'm shitting myself and I'm laying in bed. <laughs> but uh, let's go try to. I'll play. I'll try I'll to try. play the show. Yeah, I'll hey, give it a shot. He will give it a shot. Yeah, that's the can-do attitude for Van Halen. That's why. Yeah, giving it a shot, passing out, and fucking. <laughs> Ted's like, get him off. <laughs> Can't keep that guy down. No. Try to slice his nose off. He'll come back. That's right. I had I had heard about something in Ohio on this tour, or maybe it was the next tour. Where he got arrested, and I think that's where that uh, footage from that video, where he's in the towel and the cuffs, he had thrown a lit joint off the stage in Ohio in Cincinnati. Oh, really? And then immediately got arrested. Somebody threw a joint on stage. He lit it, had a couple puffs, and threw it back into the audience, which is as you do. Uh, Cincinnati was like, "Nah, <laughs> oh, you're that arrested." Sucks. Uh, you know, I that think he sucks. got off. I don't think he did hard time. So. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. No, the white privilege kicked in hard, right about there. And uh, nothing like ending an album on a single. And if you enjoy Schmidt's "Gay," you already know this song. (laughs) It's gonna be a great (laughs) summer. (laughs) Oh, actually, we all know this song. We all know the song. I want to play a special version of this song, okay. actually, um, where we like to talk about Eddie and Dave a lot because they're the, they're fucking Eddie and Dave. They're the man. They're the men's. They're the man's. Um, I got love for this rhythm section though. So let's play "Beautiful Girls" drum and bass version. Speaker bleed. That's a groove. Nice pull, man. What? Is this sample by something? It should have been if it wasn't. Probably 
tenders. That's what I was trying to think of. Shows you how much yeah. the vocals fill up the song too. Yeah, it's kind of pretender vibe now that I think yeah. about it. Yeah. Chrissy Hind. Just saw the Pretenders last year. Like one of the last live shows I saw. Oh, good. Before one. the whole shittery went down. How was it? It was great. Pretenders rule. Yeah. You sound yeah. good. Yeah. That was the album that won us. That was the second album that just cemented the whole deal. They were not one-hit wonders, not one, not flashes in the pan. Yeah, that out of out of everything that we that we're gonna listen to uh, on this podcast, this isn't my favorite album by far, and <laughs> I, put, I don't put this one on that often. Yeah, and I think probably um, because it is a little bit brighter, it's a little more skippy. It's poppy. It's poppy, mm-hmm. and rarely when I want to listen to Van Halen and I'm. Am I thinking I want to hear a lot of the pop tunes of right. Van Halen? They're literally competing with Saturday Night Fever on this album. I mean, that is that is the, the chart <laughs> yeah. space that's being that's taken it. up at this totally. moment. The Bee Gees are got their game strong. Yeah, right. Did you guys watch yeah. that Showtime documentary yet, or that's HBO about awesome. the Bee? Yeah, yeah, great Bee Gees documentary. What's it? Yeah, you mentioned that before. What's good. it called? How do you no? How do you mend a broken heart? heart? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I'm Everybody gonna listening. If you like Van Halen, you should like the Bee Gees, too. I mean, that's natural, right? <laughs> brothers. You like bands of brothers? <laughs> and even the broken heart. After your satin jacket gets caught in <laughs> But this, uh, th- so this sets them up for the tour of their lives. In their short, young lives. This is, they're the, they're the man now, dog. Yeah. They are the headliners. <laughs> And it's their show to put together. Um, and they had this show, this tour, the World Vacation Tour is what they called it. Yep. Kicked off on the 25th of March, 1979, and wrapped up. Oh, that was in Fresno, by the way. Yeah. Hometown show. Hey, tell me if you want to hear the set list to that at any time. I got that written down here. Well, it ended six and a half months later. Um, and what they'd like to do is come full circle. So that last show was. Inglewood, because they represent. But uh, yeah, what that set, see, now I'm guessing this set list is going to be primo because they only have two albums to draw from. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's my prediction. (laughs) What are we looking at here? Oh, right, man. They open up with Light Up the Sky. Now, that's the first time it's been performed. Solid. Nobody's heard that shit yet. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, get your skull peeled back. And and I just want to preface this by saying you can go on YouTube right now and listen to and watch this whole show. Yeah. Now, they don't have it's not constant footage. You know, they'll do some stills here and there, but there's plenty of live footage. It's fucking rad. It's a well-documented show actually as I found out today. Yeah. 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 Um referred to a bunch and because they follow Light Up the Sky with Somebody Get Me a Doctor. Then a little drum shenanigans, running with the devil. Boom, hit him with the big one, boys. Um, Dance the Night Away, first time anybody's heard that. Beautiful Girls, first time anybody's heard that. Album versions and stuff. On Fire, and a little bass solo. Now, I don't know how long... Ultra bass, as you call it. They've been doing everybody taking the solo and in this order. But 
I think when you're a, a wedding band trying to fill four hours, I think that's an early adaption. Probably adaptation. Pretty used to being like, that's let's just keep doing stretch. this. Stretch. Stretch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so after the bass solo, uh, which is, you know, uh, Michael's kind of feeling it there. It's more of a tone poem than a bass <laughs> solo, I'm going to say. Uh, they followed up with uh, You're No Good. Hit it with running with oh no wait what is the fuck I can't even read my handwriting anymore. Um, Doctor, feel your love tonight. Out of love again. First time anybody's hearing that shit. Ice cream man. <laughs> not a good one. No, not a good version. They couldn't get on the same page. They're oh, working really? on the. This is a fun part because you can uh, see where Dave's starting to talk a little bit and how do they come back into songs? Okay. Um, and so I'm imagining the last show of this tour. Said he have a shut the fuck up tape riff that he just fuck. sort of fucking edges into. <laughs> like if he hears a certain, they just didn't know where to start it or yeah. when it started. And Dave's going like, hey, "This is when he's talking about the van. It's oh. getting hot out. He's doing he's uh. doing what Perry will pick up on, of <laughs> of trying to work in the song you're going into and and uh, you know the title of it yeah. somewhere in your buildup. Um, and it's kind of like hitting the post. They don't you know, don't always do it. They didn't hit it at that at that time um not the show and then uh, uh we got ain't talking about love guitar solo because of course gots to doa then uh you really got me now close with the cover that's i don't solid know move it's, too. Like, it's like 20 songs or so it's a solid two, set man. yeah two albums that whole oh, thing yeah, there's man. no sleepers on that whole fucking set no list. that's all it's about uh, turning people on with a vibe you know mm-hmm that's what they were doing <laughs> you open up with lighting up the sky a fucking deep track yes yeah, mm. yeah. Mwah. and you know why not do something that we're fucking we're just gonna blow up the room and we're good at playing i mean i guess they probably yeah. didn't even have to worry about that they just pull anything out of their hat but i think that's a really strong move i want to play you dance the night away from that very show the first time anybody in California, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the world, it. the universe ever heard this song played live. Do it. That stage shenanigans first. joke in the live situation no. not a liability no <laughs> never so the the new songs well they just wrote them a month ago so you know <laughs> oh, <laughs> right they're tight dialed in yeah it's new shit you always get excited about the new shit um, sounds good though yeah the sabbath new journey new everybody knew yeah it was it was undeniable they weren't leaving any room for guesswork and yeah. every bit that Warner Brothers started backing them, they had uh, they had material. Mm. It wasn't like it wasn't a troubled artist 
that were trying to figure out how they were going to write a second album and what are we going to do no, and existential artist. angst or anything like that they were like yeah fucking let's do it fucking <laughs> two weeks boom yeah just fucking write another album write an album deal Alex, dig out those broken comb songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that something from the broken combs had to made it through in you know over <laughs> that a decade. Would be cool to, that'd be something cool to find he out. had something he liked from yeah. back then that he just threw into like the outro solo. On, it's good. Yeah, someone diver down. Uh, this tour, God, they had some openers. Man, they had Eddie Money opening for him for a, a big stretches of the tour. Nice, because. Why wouldn't you want what like a six four ex cop just high on cocaine around at all times? From all accounts, Eddie Money was a blast to be around for, for the exact reason that I just said. I think he was a big because Money was a nickname. Yeah, dude. No, that's Eddie Money. Ex like New York beat cop. Like the guy had a life before rock and roll. Wow! Yeah. Holy shit! Like I know that. Those, find those guys to be pretty awesome when you run into them. I'll answer the door. <laughs> Anytime they're partying. Yeah. It's like Eddie, Eddie, I got on? this. I um, got this. They had, oh, they had this other opener called the Grenetti Brothers, and I wanted to play a little mm, bit of them. What? The, yeah, who, who's the Grenetti Brothers? And this is so funny listening to these. I don't know if they picked their openers or Warner Brothers or Noel Monk picked. I don't know who picked them out. Yeah, who was in that but these town? These bands, I'll, I'll let you hear. You tell me yeah. what you hear. And this is live on that very tour as well. The Garetti brothers. How did they go forward in time and find the Kings of Leon to open up for them? <laughs> That's crazy to me. I, I think the Kings of Leon are better. <laughs> <laughs> but I see that. I see your point, man. They did some early shows on the tour. Don't know if they're label mates or what. That one was, was kind of weird. They had Robert Fleischman, who was the original lead singer for Journey, on tour uh... with them. He as their opening act, he had a solo album that he did in that year. So, so, what do you think the equipment deal is? They obviously they don't get to play through Eddie's fucking oh no. gear, you know, or his stack or whatever. Yeah, so I could shoot you, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's done. He was gonna shoot a fucking Limp Biscuit guy over some some amps. So don't fuck with him, man. Yeah. So. So do these guys, do the Goretti brothers, they just have to bring what they have? I think, you know how it works, man. You get like the front eighth of the stage. Yeah, yeah. And as it moves back, the stage gets a little bigger as you get to Van Halen. So, so like the opening act has nothing, Dude. and then the middle act has a little more, yeah. a little more. A little and you know more. Van Halen took that room. So I'm wondering when they were playing with, uh, when they were opening, did oh, they, they have some... Probably cramped. Yeah, but did they, I mean, did they have a whole mess of gear? Did they have, did they already have that part dialed in? I don't think they got to do, I don't think I you mean, get to do the wall of fake amps when you're the opener. Well, I was think it, you got to be a headliner for that. Was it both uh, Van Halen 1 and 2 tour where Eddie was using the um, his guitar rig that had that big bomb? The, what, his, 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 didn't he have like his effects rig and, and a big, is it at, at that exhibit? 
Oh yeah, that big rack, the yeah. rack and the and whatever old marshal that he had taken out there with him. Yeah. His whole live rig was there. That's right. We were in the presence. I know. At least of on the, the rig. First tour, he might have taken yeah. it out because that's the one on the Van Halen Two album where they're in the studio. Those pictures of them. The, yeah. And he has that bomb in there with his rig in, in it and the Schlitz cans all over the floor. <laughs> that Dave, was Dave has the cane from the doing the splits on the back. Yes. Oh that's yeah, right. where he broke his heel. Yeah. Did he? It, yeah. I did. It, it, that's it took, what he gets. It took like th- three tries to get that photo. And on the, like the third try, like got it, but landed wrong, broke his heel. <laughs> and the Schlitz well, was he was doing at, it in heels, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, God bless him. <laughs> was uh was part of their rider for the KZOK uh, appearance <laughs> that was called out. That they were, it was just like, yeah, we'll show up. If I could get need some Schlitz there, and we'll sign some shit. So when when do they wrap that tour up? Uh, not until. October, October of that year, so they're out there like six and a half months. Of what? Uh, what year again? Seventy nine. So, and what's funny is between the end of that tour and the release of Women and Children First, five months. Shut really? Up. From the end of getting out of that tour to the release of their next album was five months. No way. Yeah. Oh, I just want to play oh, a couple. I wonder There's if a, they're recording on the road or no? They probably nope. just finished. They and come went back. back and do it again. Just do it again. But speaking on the road, there's they had a couple more openers I want to play for you. Firstly, uh, Saint Paradise was another band out of like, no, who the fuck is that? <laughs> they got to open up a good uh, dozen dates or so. However, their singer does remind me of a certain blonde, uh, weird lead singer that we'd see coming to the picture later. Very unspecial music with that uh, Bo Diddley beat. Yeah. Sammy vibes. Oh. Not Sammy. I had to check. Wow. So all... <laughs> that sounds it's, like a Sammy song right too. in there. <laughs> <laughs> so all the all the all the uh, arrows are pointing to uh, what's going to happen. Um, I really I saved this one for last. It's another band I've never heard. I like of. this. I like this playing some, some of their openers. Shit. This is cool. And you might listen to. The, I might actually listen to this one in the future because Screams is the name of the band, not confused with Scream. They're going to pluralize the Lone Rangers and make it Screams. <laughs> and they were kind of uh, like the Whalers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ahead of their time as well, because I think these guys accidentally invented the Foo Fighters. <laughs> I shit you not. Um, oh yeah, make sure the other guys are off. This is insane, and this is this is the uh, record they put out for this tour. Recordings off the board. This is their album track. This album's not all of our live. Are they gonna do a build up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is 
Yeah. I had to check on that one too. Like somebody's fucking with me. That's a Foo Fighters song. <laughs> <laughs> Some anachronistic opening acts for sure. But uh, we're looking into some old guys that he, none of them went on to do shit. So you know, I think uh, what's his name, the Journey guy, did a record with uh, Vinnie Vincent. If you count that as as shit, who did? Uh, the that singer? Yeah, Robert Fleischman with Vinnie Vincent. He did the Vinnie Vincent invasion with him. No shit. Yeah. Wow. I don't think it ended well. Learn a lot of things on that fair warning. <laughs> <laughs> Connecting but all the dots. We'll get there. We, we got to see when there's when, we'll when there. the, uh, Mikey split, where Jamie starts showing up again. Because <laughs> it feels like she fall was, into this album. I, I feel oh, like she kind of Van Halen too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Jamie's crying song is a story thread about Jamie that David Lee Ross writing all the way through from Van Halen one to nineteen eighty four. Oh shit! So it starts with her growing up, going through puberty, high school. By the end of the Van Halen one, Atomic Punk, she's going punk. Yeah. It's about her relationships. She's her a little shitty. dreamer. Exactly, dude. Yeah. She has hopes. She has dreams. She wants to do things. But you you could thread it. So what's uh and obviously it ends up as a teacher on eighty four. <laughs> that's right. Fair warning gets into porn. Shit, that's I got right. a dirty movie. Okay, movies. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay, right, I'm, just, okay, I'm just teasing. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's get back to VH. Jay Giles VH2. also had that happen to I him. I think he too. knew Jane. See, okay. Jamie, I mean, he was in the class. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was. He went to school. He was that weird day. kid that was eating his boogers. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just do broad strokes because you can get all heady and about the lyrics. But even if you just look at the titles, you're no good. She goes punk. That was the last one. Now, yeah. disco arrows era is still kind of lingering, but she's going punk. She's trying new things. <laughs> Dance the night away. Obvious, she's dancing. <laughs> but she's getting into the in the bad scene. Bottoms up, out of love again. She's getting in, in and out of relationships. Life ain't Light being the kind. Sky and Spanish fly. I mean, come on. Right, she, she's getting ready to make bad decisions. Bad decisions some are being Cosby made. Cosby shit's going on. DOA. She's hanging with some bad people. Woman yep. in love. She likes lesbians because that's what that song's really uh, about. That's why Marge <laughs> was breaking his heart. To Edward. Edward. Yeah. It's about. Uh, anyways, she gets into les lesbianism. Beautiful girls. Yeah, right. So now gay she's just questioning her sexuality. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know what she wants to yeah, do. Exploring. Yeah, like that's it. kind of the loose. That's where this one leaves off, huh? Beautiful and girls. Women and children first. I think she gets knocked up. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Wow. This web wow. thickens. Is yeah. that what they say? Dude, that web thickens. The web thickens. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yo, you see how thick that spider's web was? Hey, Jesus. just just real quick, you know, before we dismount this thing, because I think that is a great. That is a. I like these theories. I like where we're going with this. <laughs> we can go deeper on the next album. I think we should. I think uh, we we're going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to make a little board with strings and yarn. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we'll we'll get to the bottom of the lawn. Cutouts. Yeah. All right. Well, shit. What do you say we sign off here, gentlemen? That's, that's right. Bottoms up. Amen. <laughs>